Hello. Hi, Dr. Samra. It's Mo. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Mo? I'm great, thanks. But, you know, I've been having an incredible amount of vivid dreams over the past two months, and I was hoping you could give me a little insight into one of the recurring ones that I keep having. Ah, tell me more. Okay, so just some background. I am 17 years removed from high school, eight years removed from grad school, but I still have dreams where I'm in high school, sometimes university, but mostly high school. And the dream is like, I realize that I've missed a whole semester's worth of classes, and today is the midterm or the final, and sometimes the dream will involve me being unable to remember where my locker is, so I'm searching for my locker sometimes. And these dreams were like always a regular occurrence for me, but I've been having them a lot over the pandemic. So I tweeted about this and I was so surprised that so many people were having literally the exact same dream. So that's why I wanted to chat with you and ask, you know, what is this dream all about? Yeah, interesting. So the good old school anxiety dream, right? The one that many of us can actually relate to and we're being late and we're rushing and we're going to fail, right? And things are catastrophic. And, and so a really common dream that I think a lot of people can relate to having, you know, at least some of the time, if not recurrent times. And, you know, interesting because dreams are something that we're seeing this fascinating thing that's been happening over the last couple of months since coronavirus has come out is we're hearing all of these reports of people having much more vivid dreams. They are recalling their dreams much more. Um, And there's often this like anxiety component to that dream, right? So rush, can't make it, you're going to fail. It's something you need to be doing. Um, And this kind of frenetic nature. And it's something that we're seeing across the globe. There was actually some recent research um, done by a neuroscience research center in France. um, And they're saying that there's been a 35% increase in dream recall. Uh, oh. 15% of people are saying that it's much more negative than usual. <laughs> fascinating. So you're not alone. No. Wow. So uh, this is common. This is like everyone is having more vivid dreams. So does that mean that the intensity of our stress is a lot more? So most of what we know about dreams actually comes from the literature on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. So we know that one of the defining features of post-traumatic stress is people will often have very vivid, intense dreams or nightmares. Hmm. And one of the things that we've kind of grown to learn is that there's this like interesting kind of rehearsal component that happens in the brain. And, and so you think when you're sleeping, you are, you know, knock on wood, hopefully safe. Um, yeah. and it's, it's almost this like way that the brain is processing something. Um, and we may say, okay, so why would that happen after the fact? Like one is there's this processing of information, but it's what we've learned is that the brain can kind of start to anticipate other stressors. So there's this feeling if we kind of get it in our head, in our dream at night, that it's somehow helping us kind of process what's happened and prep for that situation again. Now, the interesting thing is usually it's, you know, recurrent to this idea of recurrent things that come up. And those are, um, you know, very personal. We all have different things. There's certainly some commonalities being late, missing exams (laughs) at work, right? It's often when it's big deadlines. So it's something we need to achieve or attain. Um, And you think when our elevated stress, like our global anxiety and stress is elevated, and that stress really has this measurable impact on enhancing the intensity of the anxiety dreams that we're having. 
Mm-hmm. So what's interesting to me, though, is like this school dream is so common and it's recurring for me and it's recurring for so many people. And it's also always negative, right? It's never like you're crushing it in anticipation of a deadline or something like mm-hmm. that. It's always stress induced and it sort of leans into the realm of, you know, nightmare. Why this dream in particular and why do so many people have this dream in particular? Well, you think it, it is a very familiar dream. And if you think about it, if we like rewind, right, 17 years and think of school days, um, really kind of the deadlines and demands of exams are really one of the first biggest pressures that we're exposed to, right? Is, you know, we're not working, we don't have jobs, we don't have to bring home the bacon. And, and so you think that there's this natural level of, of stress, anxiety, anticipation for, for most, right? And many kids would say, okay, that's a very normal thing is you're starting to be evaluated and you're performing. And often in school is, I mean, that's our first big performance kind of um, platform, right? And right. so, you know, we're all going to school and then you think, oh, there's this association that, um, you know, likely maybe happening very early days for people because we don't have other things, right? We don't usually have other big stressors in our life other than yeah. school and exams and tests. And I guess school and exams are so common to most people, right? Like that's a common shared experience that everyone kind of goes through as well. Right. And you think as a kid, well, you don't have to do much else, right? You play, you hang out with your friends, you eat dinner, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. there aren't very many performance situations. So for many, that can be the very first time that experience emerges, right? And we know if we look at kids, you know, school-related and performance-related anxiety is actually one of the kind of most common biggest manifestations when we look at anxiety first emerging, right? Barring other kind of traumatic things happening in their environment. And so you think, well, here's the first time you're kind of on the stage and, and, and we get these associations. We look at classical conditioning, right? If you remember, you know, from Psych 101, Pavlov's dog and and salivation, we know that when things occur together, that we can fast forward like years down the road and the presence of one can evoke the other. So if we develop (laughs) this association of like exams are stressful, you know, your kid, um, later being in that state of anxiety can evoke this like initial association that we evolved and developed, even though rationally we know we're we're not in that circumstance at all. Right. So it's almost like that formative stress has imprinted itself in our subconscious. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, you know, dreams are fascinating because it's hard to like fully get in there, right? We can we can measure our brain waves and we get all these you know all these kind of scientific ways that we can assess the activity that's happening. But I mean, dreams have fascinated people from the beginning of time, right? Because there <laughs> there is it's not like we can hit rewind and you know link it up to our TV and see what was actually happening in there internally. But with yeah. fascinating again commonalities, right? We're under stress, we dream more. Um, again, post traumatic stress disorder, we learn a lot about how intense anxiety affects dreams. And now collectively as a globe, I found it so fascinating. I mean, myself, I have noticed that I've been having technicolor dreams. They're vivid, they're intense. Wow. Um, and then to start to see all these reports coming out from big neuroscience institutes that are still <laughs> two months post-pandemic announcement. And all these people are reporting it. And there's been some evidence that those that are um, a little bit closer to the pandemic threat, healthcare workers, those in epicenters, those that have affected family members, those that are frontline workers, are actually more likely to be experiencing this kind of vivid, intense, anxiety-oriented dream. And, you know, contrary to our belief, it's not always thematically the thing that we're actually anxious about, right? It's just right. a general anxiety state that evokes 
something that's familiar in our brain. Um, and neurons, you know, they gel together. And what happens is the more something occurs together, right, that classical conditioning, that that gets imprinted in our neural pathways. And so mm-hmm. things that we've experienced many times before, a lot of intensity to just <laughs> keeping repeated over time. Yeah, I was just curious about that, too. Like, it almost feels like our subconscious is kind of not creative <laughs> because it keeps, yeah. <laughs> again, on one level, it's a recurring dream. So it's like a rerun. And then on the second level, it's so common amongst everyone, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We need a little more creativity coming in there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just interesting when we see these commonalities, right? We can get all these like varied life experiences, yet to have these commonalities that we experience is just it's fascinating. How come positive dreams about school are not common? Or, yeah. <laughs> or, or, is, it, or is it one of those things where I'm only remembering the negative dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We, we actually can't, because we're not really intentional, right? We don't go to bed at night thinking, I'm going to dream about X, Y, or Z, although maybe we sometimes do, depending on what stage of, I don't know, dating and other things that you're at. But sure. we can actually, people will say this, right, anecdotally, we, we, can, stru- we can structure a little bit um, what happens in that dream. So we all know that feeling of, thinking about someone or like you're, you know, usually kind of romantic love, right? If you're imagining mm-hmm. someone and, and, you know, what happens in the brain is our, our kind of conscious level is gone and the subconscious of whatever has been floating around in our head kind of comes to the, comes to the surface. Now, most of the time though, we're not intentionally trying to focus on anything. And so it's just like free for all, whatever's been imprinted in there strongly in our neural pathways <laughs> rewinds and repeats and comes up again and again. Uh, so one thing I'm curious about, and and maybe there's no hard science on this, maybe there is, but is there a use for dreams? Like, I know you said that dreams can act as a rehearsal, but, like, why do they even exist? Yeah, they can. So you th- think of, if we think of someone that's been exposed to, say, a traumatic situation, let's say a, um, let's say a robbery, right? Mm-hmm. So robbery comes and then you're... Cont- continue to have these intense dreams that are kind of replaying some version of being in danger, someone attacked, being vulnerable. The the theory is that what it allows us to do is kind of go toward another ending in our brain and one desensitize to it. So get used to the idea of a bad thing happening, but it's happening when we're safe. Um, and we know when we expose ourselves to repeat emotions, intense emotions, that that actually over time dilutes the intensity of that emotion. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, um, think of it if we had some loss, right? Let's, let's stick with the breakup example. We think of a sure. breakup, the first time you talk about it, you're crying and crying and crying and anxious. Mm-hmm. Second time, it's a little less. Third time, you know, and you get the, the drift that, you know, by the time you're telling that story for the hundredth time, it doesn't evoke that intensity of emotion. Right. So we know that there's something about that rehearsal and repetition that actually helps us process and lessen that emotion over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that when we think of what gets into our dream, our emotions that are lingering from the day are what get translated into our dream state more than the content itself, right? So if we're anxious in the day about whatever it is, these days it's coronavirus for many people, right. is that it's just that emotional kind of manifestation more than the specifics of what's happening. Okay, so we shouldn't stress or obsess over the symbolism or what things mean. It's more about the actual feeling in the dreams. It is, and you think our, our brain and body is kind of doing its job, right? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if we're kind of stressed and dealing with stressors in the day, it's letting us kind of process that emotion at night, and, and processing our emotions is a very good thing for our psychological health.
Mm-hmm. Now, someone told me that a dream dictionary is a waste of money because symbols mean different things to different people, and there's a whole bunch of individual considerations and a whole bunch of cultural considerations as well. What's your take on a dream dictionary? Yeah, I generally be in that camp. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's kind of the horoscope, right? I mean, you know, and what do these things do? They make a gazillion dollars. I mean, there's people that will charge and all do this and interpret your dream. And, um, you know, the reality is they're general enough. Often there's general enough themes like a horoscope that most people would say, oh, yeah, there's a little drop that resonates for me. Um, you know, but the specificity, there isn't a lot of evidence that we can actually dissect the metaphors in our dream that clearly, or at least not that I've come across. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Well, hey, Dr. Samra, I really appreciate your insights. To be honest, I love vivid dreams. I've been having them ever since I was a kid. And even the nightmares sometimes, I kind of do like them because it gives me something to reflect upon in the morning. It's <laughs> so like you I, get free admission to a movie, right? That you right haven't exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you taking my call, and I appreciate you teaching me a little more about dreams. Thanks so much. Wonderful. Well, wonderful chat with you and uh, sweet dreams tonight. Thanks. Take care. (laughs) Bye.